0: The ASN John P. Peters Award recognizes individuals who have made substantial research contributions to the discipline of nephrology and have sustained achievements in one or more domains of academic medicine, including patient care, education, and leadership. Established in 1983, this annual award is named for one of the fathers of the discipline of nephrology. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN Executive Director Todd Ibrahim speaks with 2010 recipient Roland Blantz, M.D., as well as the first recipient of the award, Donald Selden, M.D.,
1: The John Peters Award recognizes individuals who have made a substantial research contribution to the discipline of nephrology and who have sustained achievements in one or more domains of academic medicine, including patient care, education, and leadership. Dr. Blantz, please briefly explain your career as an academic nephrologist.
2: Well, I'm not sure exactly when I decided to uh, become a nephrologist, but I think the decision to enter academic medicine as opposed to Private practice, I think, was conditioned by, as it is for all of us, our background. And uh, I went to Johns Hopkins Medical School. And as it turns out, a group of 75 of us in the class, I think uh, more than 60% of my class has remained in academic medicine. So I think that had some conditioning influence on the choice to remain in academic medicine. The second major influence in that regard was that after I decided on nephrology, I trained in nephrology in Dallas, and more than 90%, I would say, of the trainees from the U.S. and abroad that were part of that program ended up in academic positions. That was true of me, too. So I think those two conditioning influences of of my educational environment made the decision to go into academic medicine and research much more likely. I looked at several jobs when I was a fellow and um, ended up making a decision to go to a relatively new medical school at the University of California, San Diego, where Gene Brownwall was chairman of medicine. At that time, I think there were only 30 or 35 members of the Department of Medicine, and they graduated their first class in 1972. By the time I showed up, I think there were 60 members of the Department of Medicine. So I ended up being, by default of sorts, chief of nephrology at the uh, new VA hospital which is on the UCSD campus. I was given the situation of uh, running a a small division as part of the Division of Nephrology and giving an opportunity to recruit actually at a fairly junior age, which in retrospect was actually a a good experience for me. It also allowed me some time to develop my own laboratory and I was lucky enough to get funding from NIH and the VA to do that. Trying to make this as brief as possible, I made the transition to being division head in nephrology in uh, the late 1980s, a little over 20 years ago. And at that time there were eight or nine in the division. Now we have around 40 MDs and PhDs in a much larger division. So that's basically a nutshell of uh, I've stayed at UCSD my entire career. And during that time I was involved with the American Society of Nephrology as counselor and, and president in 2001 and 2002. So that's an encapsulated version, an unexciting, academic nephrology career in the sense that I haven't moved around much, but I've been very happy with my choice.
1: Dr. Blantz, you had mentioned that you had trained at the University of Texas at Southwestern. I guess, Dr. Seldon, how do you remember Dr. Blantz as one of your trainees?
3: Uh, We had a uh, remarkable group of young trainees at the time. Dr. Blantz was unique in his tenacious pursuit of specific mechanisms as well as an understanding of how these mechanisms are regulated. He worked in micropuncture. It's a difficult technique. He worked uh, with a rather novel uh, technology involving microspheres to determine differential renal blood flow, and this started a major interest on his part on the regulation of sodium reabsorption as it is influenced by renal hemodynamics. What was unique about Dr. Blance was not only his broad interest in regulation, but the specific detailed mechanisms which lay in the kidney and which facilitated various regulatory changes.
1: It's interesting to me that both Dr. Blanz and Dr. Salton, both of you, really spent your career And I'm wondering, Dr. Seldon, when Dr. Blance was making the decision to pursue the opportunity at the University of California, San Diego, if you were able to provide him any advice about going to a relatively new medical school.
3: No, it's hard to advise Roland on anything. But I think his venture in California was a very good choice. Gene Brownwald was forming a new department. He was uh, dedicated to the notion that biomedical science lay at the basis of medicine. Roland was an ideal candidate to develop a program, and his renal unit flourished in a quite remarkable way, becoming one of the major sources of nephrology in the country.
1: So, Dr. Blantz, what do you remember in terms of advice that you received for your career from Dr. Seldon?
2: Well, uh, I remember discussing the fact that Dr. Selden certainly held Gene Brownwald in high regard as a scientist and as a leader, and I was certainly impressed by the fact that several of my other colleagues who were senior fellows in Dallas were also invited to come out and take a look at the uh, embryonic medical school in La Jolla. I know Mike Brown and several of the other GI fellows were had made trips out there as well, because I remember them remarking that only 27 people showed up for their seminar, and then we began to realize there were only 29 people in the whole department. So it was actually a pretty good turnout. Dr. Selden, as I recall properly, I think we understood the risk of going to a new place, but uh, certainly the quality of people that were recruited by Gene was very impressive. And it looked like the opportunities to function as a physician-scientist doing fairly basic research and functioning as a clinical doctor were unique in that in that institution.
1: Dr. Seldon, you were the first recipient of the John P. Peters Award in 1983. Can you describe why the award was created?
3: Well, the American Society of Nephrology already had in place a major award for basic medical research uh, in the area of nephrology, quite independent of its clinical applications or uh, deranged physiology. This was the Homer Smith Award. The council considered in, in great detail an alternative award, equally distinguished which would recognize individuals who are interested not only in basic mechanisms, but in their regulatory role in normal circumstances as well as disease. Now, a person who personified both a deep and profound commitment to basic science, at the same time concerned with how these mechanisms are deranged in the process of disease, was John Peters. So he became the signal for the development of a new award which recognized the physician scientist, the clinical scholar who is invested in medicine yet wished to probe medical issues at a very basic physiologic level. So the John P. Peters Award was established.
1: What was the experience of being the first recipient of the award? <laughs> I was
3: flattered, delighted, and surprised.
1: And as you think about nearly 30 years later, Dr. Blantz, one of your mentees receiving the award, I'm just wondering if you could describe that experience as well. Well,
3: I was very proud of the fact that Roland got the Peters Award because he typifies in many ways the model that Peters set an individual who was sincerely and deeply concerned with basic physiologic processes and at the same time wished to see how these were deranged in the form of disease. There are many people who examine disease processes in terms of a causal nexus. This model is most powerful in infectious disease. There is another way to look at disease, which Peters typified, namely disease as deranged physiologic function. And this is the kind of activity that Roland has pursued. I don't say this in any vague way, but if you look at the research program that he has led, on one hand, it has probed the basic mechanisms by which the kidney regulates salt and water metabolism. And on the other hand, it has examined a number of disturbances, nephrotoxic acute tubular necrosis, diabetic nephropathy, basement membrane disease with Curtis Wilson. All of these derangements have been examined in the light of the basic physiology that was previously described and this interaction between physiology in its normal state and physiology deranged by disease typifies the kind of studies that Peters propounded, and Roland was an ideal selection for this
1: award. Dr. Blantz, how would you describe the feeling and the, the emotion that you had when you heard that you were receiving the John P. Peters Award from ASN in 2010?
2: I was, of course, delighted, and I was delighted that the colleagues that had chosen to uh, nominate me had been had been successful. They wrote uh, an elegant treatise upon which the committee based their decision, and I was happy to hear that the decision had gone my way.
1: Dr. Blantz, Dr. Seldon, I'd like to thank you for participating in today's discussion, and Dr. Blantz, just to congratulate you again on receiving the John P. Peters Award in 2010. Thank you. Well,
3: thank you for your help.
0: This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.